Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the podcast, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're looking at Ryan Graves and his UFO encounter. That's correct, Ryan Graves and his UFO encounter. Now, a lot of you probably already know that Ryan Graves is the ex-Navy fighter pilot that has testified about his UFO encounters. He's been on a couple podcasts, and I made the news again this week with Joe Rogan, and he's also apparently has a new job title. We'll, we'll get into that in just a minute. But I want to go back kind of here from the beginning. Uh, this article is from May 18th, 2022, just a few months ago. It's from foxnews.com. UFO hearing ex-Navy fighter pilot Ryan Graves describes shapes, size of mysterious objects. It says Congress held first hearing on UFOs in 50 years Tuesday, and experts warned they could pose a real national security threat. Now, this is the, that uh, hearing that took place there back in, what, in March of, of the, or this year, and they were talking about UFOs and the possible national security, the security threat they could pose the nation, and whether or not these things were from uh, you know, a foreign actor or a really foreign actor, such as an off-planet. It says, former Navy pilot Ryan Graves Tuesday warned that regular UFO sightings are endangering the lives of military aviators, described the shape of unidentified aerial phenomena seen by members of his squadron, and said the mysterious objects must be treated like a foreign adversary. I have to tell you, my opinion, that's a lot of assumptions right there. This kind of gives you an idea of what they're of what their mindset is. And these guys are fighter pilots, so they're sent up there to destroy stuff. They see something they don't recognize. It's almost like their first reaction is not to uh, make contact with it, but to uh, make uh, dust out of it. It says, Graves made the comments outside a House Intelligence Subcommittee hearing Tuesday on UAP, the first of its kind examining mysterious flying objects since the 1960s. Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence Scott Brer and Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security Ron Moultrie briefed lawmakers on the increasingly on the increasingly frequent sightings. The Pentagon officials said not all of the sightings can be explained and that UAP have resulted in at least 11 near misses with U.S. military aircraft. Now, they're calling this a near miss, but that's making the assumption that these objects that they're seeing are solid in the way that we think of something being solid. We don't really know what would happen if an airplane collided with one of these. Would it just cut through this thing like a ghost? Or would it result in this airplane being uh, just completely dissolved? We don't know. It says we have a we have nearly a magnitude more close air collision potential from our aviators from these objects than were initially suspected, Graves said, of an increased reporting of UAP sighting by pilots in recent years. So from my perspective, getting energy on this is simply just going to save lives at the end of the day for our Navy operators, and at the end of the day, we have a mystery to solve. Now you can see they've already made some assumptions here. They have made the assumption that these things uh, have not come in peace, or have not come just as observers. They're already classifying these things as threats. 
The problem that I have with Mr. Graves' assessment is, even if they are a threat at some level, putting our weapons up against these things would be suicide. It would be it would be kind of along the lines of when those first uh, colonists, those first uh, European explorers, came to the New World with uh, cannons and muskets. The natives, who only had uh, bows and arrows and clubs, didn't really stand much of a chance. Yeah, they might get in a kill here or there, but the fact is, is that gunpowder and steel uh, were just too much. In the same way, these things, if they've got the technology to make it from wherever they're at, whether that's across the galaxy or from another dimension, the, their capabilities, that just that just shows us that the weapon systems that they have are going to be so advanced that it would be suicidal for us to try to attack them. Secondly, if these things... I don't think they're worried about a, about a, about a mid-air collision, okay? To me, it's almost like the U.S. Navy here is hitting the panic button a little bit. I think these things have been around a lot longer than the last 10, 15, 20 years. We have reports of these things going back thousands of years. So to think that they've just suddenly showed up in the last 15 or 20 years, uh, it's a, I think it's a little bit uh, presumptuous on our part. He goes on, he says... Tuesday's comments were not Graves' first time addressing UAP sightings in the media. In previous appearances on 60 Minutes, Graves said that he often detected UAP on his F-18's instruments and that members of his squadron regularly saw objects while flying. Graves added Tuesday that UAs would sometimes fly right between aircraft in formation. Well, we have this phenomenon going clear back to World War II, and they called them Foo Fighters. Okay, so these things have been around for a very long time. It says, the people in our squadron did see them. They would describe them as simply a dark gray or dark black cube inside a clear sphere and about 15, maybe 20 feet in diameter, Graves said. Now, this is a, this is a, a UFO shape, maybe not typically, but this is one that has been reported uh, by, you know, multiple times by multiple witnesses, this cube shape. Sometimes it's white, sometimes it's black, sometimes this black cube uh, is seen as if it's setting within a clear sphere. And that's what he's talking about here. He says, a, 2020, a 2021 report, a redacted classified version, that means all the good parts are blacked out, of which was published by the Black Vault earlier this year, said the government reached 100, recorded 144 reports from 2004 to 2020 to 2020 21, it, including 80 that involved observation with multiple sensors. The report was included, had also included information on common shapes of UAPs, although the entire sections on the shapes are redacted. So much for transparency. Now, we know we've talked about this before in the podcast how the Navy has, has recorded sightings where uh, these things were recorded simultaneously now by fighter pilots, by satellite imagery, and by uh, people on the ground. All recording the same object. You have, you have uh, military or whoever on the ground recording. You have, you have fighter pilots recording. And you have satellite recording. 
pretty sure that all three of those aren't going to come up with the same exact false image. Secondly, as far as not recording the shapes, uh, to me, this, I, maybe it's just because of their own disbelief. But if you've been uh, investigating the UFO phenomena for very long, you know these things come <clears throat> in all kinds of shapes and sizes. And sometimes the shape and size will change while they're being witnessed. That's what makes these, this whole phenomenon so strange and so unique, is the shape-shifting capability. So the, uh, the fact that they don't conform to uh, our natural laws of physics uh, should come as no surprise. It goes on here, it says, The government has said that UAP probably lack a single explanation. Neither classified nor unclassified reports from the government so far rule out space aliens, but other possible explanations are airborne clutter like birds and balloons. Now, you, when they throw in these explanations like birds and balloons, you know, this fighter pilot that saw that a 20-foot-tall black cube uh, encased in a clear sphere. He knows that that's not a bird or a balloon. If you've seen a UFO uh, it, it, within any kind of relatively close distance, then you know that that's not a bird or balloon. In fact, even if we see some of these strange uh, grouped lights, you know, the triangle lights or whatever moving through the sky, they may be some sort of uh, deep state deep secret project, but clearly not balloons, not balloons or birds. It goes on and says, but other possible explanations are airborne clutter like birds or balloons, natural atmospheric phenomena like ice crystal, highly classified U.S. government programs, or foreign adversary systems from Russia, China, or other countries. Now, I've said this a hundred times. If you, I can't understand how a reasonable person could believe for a minute that a nation like China or Russia that is controlled and run by a dictator with maybe a small oligarchy, how could you believe that those nations could possess this kind of technology that these UFOs demonstrate? If they had those things, then please explain to me why Taiwan and Ukraine have not been just totally dissolved at this point. You couldn't put that kind of technology in the hands of humans without humans using it. We didn't have the atom bomb for probably two weeks before we dropped one. That's just not the way people work. So while I think that some of these sightings probably are, at least to whatever locality they are, probably are some sort of uh, top-secret military stuff, when you get into the, the real craziness when you get into these cubes, you know, contained within within these clear spheres, when you get into these orbs that are doing all kinds of wild, wacky stuff, this isn't this. When you get into things that don't even conform to the laws of physics, then you've gone beyond the deep state programs. It goes on here. It says, at the end of the day, we have to treat we have to treat it like it's a foreign adversary. There's no other option. Graves said, "That's not correct." I don't like this. I don't like the notion here that we're being uh, funneled into making a choice between doing it uh, their way or, or the highway. You know, sometimes there's a third option, fourth option, fifth option. We could do what people have been doing for I don't know, probably five or six thousand years at least, and that is just ignore them. 
You know, you have things that look like UFOs that were talked about in every uh, ancient text that we know about, from the Bible to uh, you know the 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 the, the, uh, the Hindu writings uh, to ancient Chinese writings, ancient writings from Egypt. These things have been around for a long, long time. Okay, and at least the old timers had enough sense not to throw rocks at them. No, we don't have to treat these things as an adversary. Pretty clearly, if they wanted to, or if it was if it was within their power to uh, subjugate and eliminate this planet, they would have done it already. Now, as far as I'm concerned, if Mr. Graves wants to take some of that energy into investigating how to protect ourselves against UFOs, they can start with the cattle mutilations, because there's stuff that we do see that's happening, that's negative that is not explainable by human means, that we could use some help with. It goes on and says, Our ability to modulate and control what comes out of our aircraft is very important. And so if you're seeing objects out there that are either not transmitting or are transmitting, there's valuable intelligence we can gain from that. Representative Mike Gallagher, Republican of Wisconsin, agreed with Graves that the security of American pilots and the American homeland needs to be a focus when dealing with UAP. Anytime you have something fouling a range, it's certainly a threat to our pilots. So it is at least a safety issue, Gallagher told Fox News outside a classified briefing that followed the Tuesday hearing. I'm not willing to say it's a, it's a dramatic that to homeland security at this point but it's something we need to take seriously, of course. Well, they're looking at this from the human perspective, that this is that these are our skies, that we patrol them, we take care of them. What if these things have been around longer than us? What if whatever's producing this phenomena, uh, what if their attitude is, who are these humans? We've been around here when you guys were uh, trying to figure out how to make a wheel. What if these things have been around here for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 years? What if they look at us as the threat to their airspace? They might consider that as one of the possibilities while they're telling us that we only have one choice to make. In light of, in light of the, what I would call, existential competition we are in with China right now, I mean, this is a technological competition we have to take that seriously, Gallagher continued, and our ability to interrogate to interrogate, interrogate basic scientific questions is to is key to our broader ability to win that techno, technological race with the Chinese Communist Party. Okay, okay, please give me a break. It's clear right now that China is incapable of producing its own computer chips, the ones that are advanced enough to do what needs to be done. This is part of this whole fight back and forth with Taiwan. We know that China is not that advanced. Okay, They've just only recently have they been able to uh, copy our aircraft carriers sufficiently enough to build what looks like a modern aircraft carrier. China is in no way this far ahead of the game. Not possible. Now... That article ends there, and then we can go on to another article that came up here from Newsweek. Okay, before we get into Mr. Graves' current new job, this is from uh, I believe October nineteenth, just this year, twenty twenty-two, by Gerd Keonga, and the title says 
former Navy pilot describes weird black cube that flew past flight team. I think this article is based on a recent Joe Rogan interview. It says, former U.S. Navy pilot Ryan Graves gave a detailed description of encounters that flight teams had had with a black box UFO they were seeing every day. Appearing on the latest episode of the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, Graves spoke about what a pi- about what a pilot who saw the unidentified object saw. As the podcast began, he highlighted his credentials and history with the Navy, saying he studied mechanical and aerospace engineering. After graduating from college, he went on to fly F-18s for the Navy. He said that multiple pilots repeatedly witnessed a strange UFO phenomenon on their equipment, as well as with their own eyes, starting in late 2013. He said the pilots were seeing these objects by eye and also on their radar after receiving upgrades to their aircraft. The objects were always there every day as they conducted training exercises. I have to tell you, I think these things have been around for a long time, but it's just that people are now feeling more free to talk about them. And I would also interject that we have had several UFO cases that we've discussed on the podcast where there have been, uh, has been evidence from the radar images. It goes on, it says, In June, NASA announced that it was commissioning a study team to examine what it called observations of events in the sky that cannot be identified as aircraft or known natural phenomena from a scientific perspective starting in the fall. A report is expected in the spring of 2023. Well, I'm going to have to tell you, I expect very little from that report other than a lot of blacked out pages. On his podcast, Rogan Asgraves, quote, You guys go from not having any idea what these things are are out there to to an upgraded radar system to seeing them every day. What is the thought? How are you feeling? Is there an evolution of the thought pattern of how you are addressing these things? He says, initially you're thinking they are radar errors. When when do you start getting a thought of what the effing thing is, Rogan said. Graves replied, the question arose about what these UFOs were after a pilot first saw one of them. So I think it's important to note here, they're talking about the Navy having having gotten an upgraded radar system. So maybe these things were showing up on radar when they hadn't before. So once it shows up on the radar, then they're, I suppose, obligated to investigate the things. And when they investigate the things, they naturally see them. So now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh my gosh, we have an influx of UFOs. I'm pretty sure these things were here the whole time. What's happened is, before the radars were upgraded, these craft entities, whatever they were, didn't show up on the radar. And as long as they didn't show up on the radar, nobody had to admit that they saw them. Pretty convenient. But now, as part of this radar upgrade, suddenly, as these guys are going through their flights, as they're doing their recon missions or whatever they're doing, bleep, 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 the radar pings on. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. 
Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Now, they're obligated to find out what this is. Got to make sure it's not one of those super advanced Chinese drones we're always hearing about. Got to make sure it's not the Russians. So they get onto the target, and he ta- as he spoke about in this uh, Rogan podcast, you can watch it, he says how once they lock onto that radar, all the cameras in the airplane are focused on that point. So suddenly, they're headed toward these things. Now they've got radar evidence. They've got the confirmation from the ground. And the whole time, their, their FLIR, their airplane, is taking video. And then, pretty soon, you know, just after the video kicks in, within a very short time, then they're able to make an eyewitness uh, identification. Not that they can identify it, but they can say, hey, we saw it. So suddenly, they have all this evidence, radar, video, eyewitness account. And it's pretty hard to just say, well, that was a weather balloon. Now, before 2013, before all this upgraded uh, radar equipment was installed, it was just very easy to say, well, yeah, I know this guy's got four, five, six, eight years of of, of uh, you know, post-grad education. Yeah, I know he had to go through uh, all this training, and we spent like probably, I don't know, half a million dollars to train him for this job. Yeah, I know it cost $30,000 an hour to fly this airplane. But, you know, maybe he just saw a weather balloon. So what's happened is the technology is finally catching up with the eyewitness accounts. And where we wouldn't believe a human before, now we're forced to believe that human because the technology sets there as a second, third, fourth eyewitness. That's what you really see happening. It goes on, it says, There were two aircraft from my squadron, and they took off in a flight of two, he said. They were essentially flying in a formation like one diagonally in front of the other. As they, as they hit the area, one of these objects went right behind but right between their aircraft. Graves continued, The lead pilot saw the object. The second pilot did not, which is not surprising because you are usually very focused on flying formation. The lead really the, the lead really was leeway to look around. He saw it, and he immediately came back. Detailing what the pilot saw, Graves said, He came back and said, Hey, I almost hit one of those damn things. We all knew what he was referring to, even though we didn't necessarily have a name for it, just because we were seeing them so much. So, what I see here is not that he almost hit one of these things. Honestly, from all the you know dozens upon dozens of accounts that I've read, and even personal experience, I don't think this he was ever in danger of hitting this thing. I think these things move so fast, and they move in, in and out of our space at will, at, with such ease that, that I don't think that was ever the issue. If anything, I think these things recognized that they had been spotted by humans. And it seems like a lot of times, as soon as these things know that there's a human watching them, you immediately end up with this uh, observation effect where sometimes it changes states, it changes locations. Sometimes it's almost like it wants to interact with the human. I don't know. You can't, I guess sometimes you got to be careful when you poke the bear. It goes on, it says, 
He described it. He said it was black, or it was a black or dark gray cube, and that cube was inside a clear, translucent sphere. Essentially, a corners, or essentially the corners, or the apex of that cube, as best as he could tell, were touching the inside of that sphere. Graves admitted that the mystery surrounding the UFOs did not mean that aliens or something supernatural were involved. Well, if it wasn't aliens, if it wasn't supernatural, and I guess by supernatural you could mean everything from interdimensional to demonic to angelic, then are you saying that it was human-made? Because I don't believe for one second that the, that the Russians or the Chinese are anywhere close to being able to make something like that. It goes on, it says, The high-probability answer was this was some kind of classified program of our own making that we had started operating in an area they were not supposed to be, they were not supposed to, for whatever reason, Graves said. Now, I'm sorry, I'm sure Mr. Graves is a very smart man, and I'm sure he's an excellent, an excellent pilot. But in my opinion, that answer is idiotic. Because think about it. You, you dude, are flying a mechanical airplane. You're seeing a black square suspended inside a clear sphere flying at hypersonic speeds doing maneuvers that are that, that, that are physically impossible violates all the laws of known physics and yet you're trying to tell me that that's one of our top secret programs based on how I've seen governments in general across the world act especially in the last couple of years with the flu virus, let's call it. I don't believe that for one second if some select group of humans had at their disposal this kind of technology that any of us would be anything more than slaves right now. Slaves, if we were lucky. So, in my opinion, and I think this should just be obvious to anybody, when you consider human nature, think about that. When you consider human nature, what are the odds that if one tiny select group of people possess the kind of technology that could propel a 20-foot square black cube contained in a clear sphere through the sky at hypersonic speeds, stop on a dime, make a right-angle turn, do all these crazy things, violate every known law of physics. If they had the power to do that, do you think they would actually leave us alone? That's that's that that that's the craziest thing to me. That's just crazy. It goes on, it says it was due to us almost he continued, that was kind of our assumption we submitted a safety report because of that near meteor collision. A HAZREP, a hazard report. This is essentially a notice that goes out to the whole fleet that says this is a potential hazard that can cause a loss of aircraft. It was due to us almost hitting an unknown object of unknown origin, and and that is how it continued for a while. There were a number of HAZ reports about it, Graves said. Wow. So that was basically the excerpt they had from the Rogan report, and then there was... One more thing here. So there you have the background of Ryan Graves. He's had this 
I would call it more than a sighting with a UFO. To me, that is a full-blown encounter. Okay, and it seems like his perspective coming from it is is that he views these things as adversary. What's important what his opinion is, because it's, this article comes to us from Politico.com, and this just came out, I think, last week. The title says, New Territory, America's Top Aerospace Sleuths Join UFO Hunt. The country's largest organization of technical experts has concluded that recent incursions pose a safety hazard to aircraft. Now, do you see the change in narrative here? Good cop, bad cop. At first, the UFOs, if you saw them and if you thought they were real, you were just a tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy net. Now, the official narrative is becoming that these things are dangerous and we need to protect you from them. It says, the article's by Brian Bender, uh, 10-19-2022. So it's just about a week old. America's top aerospace engineers and scientists are joining forces to protect us from UFOs. That doesn't make me feel any better. The country's largest organization of government and private sector technical experts is launching a project to study unidentified aerial phenomenon after concluding that recent incursions by mysterious craft pose a safety hazard to military and commercial aircraft, according to people involved in the incident. So, these individuals flying the Navy fighter planes, they had encounters with UFOs, and they had an emotional response. They thought these things were dangerous. Now, many of us have had sightings or encounters with UFOs, and while we were awestruck, are not ready to jump to the conclusion that these things were dangerous. Because for most of us, for most of us people employing common sense, we think, well, wow, if it could do what it did, and it wanted to hurt me, then it would have already hurt me. That's kind of the way I'm coming at this whole thing. Not to say that there maybe aren't some bad ones out there. We have, we have phenomena like cattle mutilations happening. But I think we have to look at this thing on the full spectrum of it. It says, the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics, which includes among its members the country's largest defense and NASA contractors, has established three committees to study the technology, how incursions affect pilot and passenger safety, and to coordinate with government agencies and international researchers also focused on the topic. Well, I'm skeptical of that, because just like last week, or two weeks ago it was, when, when the astronomers over in the Ukraine reported all these uh, orb-type UFOs. It seemed like the entire media was rounded up uh, to rebuke them. And we had uh, paper after paper came out from one scientific publication after another uh, scoffing these people and saying how mistaken they were. It goes on and says, we're stepping, in a new, we're stepping in a new territory, said Ryan Graves. That's our guy, Ryan Graves, a former Navy fighter pilot and defense contractor. Well, that's convenient. So he's gone from being a Navy fighter pilot to a defense contractor who is co-chairing AIAA, so it's Unidentified Aerospace Phenomena Community of Interest. He's joined by Ravi Kaparapu, a planetary scientist at NASA who is studying the potential habitability of Earth-like planets. 
This topic is not for everyone, added Graves, who came forward with his own experience with UFOs hovering over his F-A-18 Hornet fighter jet in 2014 and 2015. It is not about forcing people to look into this if they are not ready yet. People have to come to terms with it. But he said that scores of members of the 30,000-strong AIAA, wow, drawn from aerospace contractors, government agencies, think tanks, and startups, have already signed on to the effort and are super excited about what we are doing. Remember George Carlin's line, it's a big club and you are in it. 30,000. 30,000 people, and the guy running it, views UFOs as a security risk, as a threat. It almost hit us. This is more than we can handle right now, he said, describing those who have come forward to lend their expertise as running the gamut from people that have 30-plus years at NASA to non-traditional members from the tech community. Yes, non-traditional. So... Everywhere from people who are expert at painting UFOs out of NASA pictures to people like Tom DeLong who can pick up that brown bag in a parking lot if you need him to. That's that's the vibe I'm getting here. We have to take we have to take bits from a lot of different things and combine them together in new ways to get the answers, he added. You know, I disagree. I think what we need is transparency. Lots and lots of transparency. Just give us every single paper that the deep state has concerning UFOs and we want no parts blacked out. Just let us read it. You, they wouldn't even let Trump release the UFO files. It's, it's like you have UFO files, Kennedy files, Julian Assange. Can't touch those three things. If you do, well, we might have an impeachment ready for you. You know, We might have a little something something for you. What did Schumer say? You mess with uh, the, the uh, intelligence community and they got seven ways to Sunday to deal with you. So let's just start right there, Mr. Graves. Let's start with some transparency. Let's start with honoring some FOIA requests. Let's start with not farming out the UFO stuff to private companies. We're not allowed to look at it or touch it. It says the move comes as Congress has taken additional steps to compel the Pentagon and intelligence agency to study UFOs and share what they discover with oversight committees and the public. The word oversight right here is kind of an oxymoron because what we're, what we're learning this whole journey is that Congress has no oversight over the Pentagon and the intelligence agencies. They have zero. They've become so big and so strong and so embedded that they're going to do pretty much whatever they want to do with the UFO stuff. Among them was the establishment this summer of a more, expen more expansive all-domain anomaly resolution office at the Pentagon that is also studying unidentified undersea vehicles. NASA has also announced its own UAP study in June. And I'm sure that's going to produce lots and lots of pages with black marks through them. Meanwhile, a new legislation moving through Congress as part of the annual defense intelligence policy bills goes further. The National Defense Authorization Act, passed by the House in July, would establish new procedures for current or former government officials to come forward with any information they may have about UFOs without fear of reprisal. 
Sure. The proposed intelligence bill also directs the Government Accountability Office to undertake an historical recounting of government efforts involving UFOs over the past 75 years, including any recovery of UFO technology or government efforts to spread disinformation about the subject. Government efforts to spread disinformation? Oh, wow. That's amazing. The Pentagon is also compiling a report to Congress due at the end of the month on its latest UFO filings. The report is still scheduled to be submitted to Congress on the 31st. Pentagon spokesman Susan Gao, now we've seen her around, she knows her way around the block, kids, said in an email. But having an established, remember we talked about her, she's got like some kind of a doctorate or something in communications. I mean, she's, she's as far as deep state uh, uh, intelligence officer goes, she's top of the line. Don't kid yourself. They're not They're not sending the second string out there to deal with the UFO topic. That I can assure you. But having an established group such as AIAA, founded in 1963 as a principal professional organization for aerospace, aerospace scientists and engineers, enter the debate is seen by longtime UFO researchers as a turning point. We were wallowing in this and their fringe realm, said David Marler, executive director of the newly formed National UFO Historical Records Center in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the largest U.S.-based repository of related archives. We need people much smarter than ourselves and from specific disciplines to provide credibility and layers of expertise to look at the data. What do you call that, kids? That's called appeal to authority. We need people much smarter than ourselves. In other words, you are too dumb and too stupid to figure this UFO thing out by yourself. The AII initiative is focused primarily on the flight safety implications of unannounced craft intruding into protected military airspace or traveling dangerously close to commercial flights. Grave cited an example as an example, the 11 near misses since 2019 involving UFOs coming within 500 feet of an aircraft that Scott Bray, the Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence, reported to Congress in May during its first public hearing on the topic in more than five decades. Quote, it's almost like seeing a bullet go past you as a pilot, as a pilot right? Graves said, people have no idea what's going on. It's going to frighten people. The AIAA effort, according to an internal briefing, is being driven by the belief that the uncertainty about UFOs is exposing pilots, passengers, and military forces to unaddressed risk. Its mission statement is to improve aviation safety, blah, blah, blah. But then it goes on and says, but while the initiative is focused primarily on addressing safety hazards, Graves maintains that the ultimate intent is to learn more about those UFOs that are truly explained. Look, and I'm not going to read the rest of the article here, but it goes on. And it's a decent article. Look, these things probably are never going to be truly explained. I mean, if you just look at it from, from, on the face of it, you're talking about an object or an entity or phenomena or whatever you want to call it. It is doing things in our physical space, in our air, sometimes, sometimes in the water, sometimes on land. It's doing things that do not conform to the laws of physics. Whatever is driving these things appears to be intelligent based on the patterns that we see occurring with it. And if it's based on an intelligence, it's safe to assume that that intelligence is far beyond what we currently possess. 
So this notion that we're going to get our heads wrapped around this UFO thing, and then we're going to be able to do this or do that, that's a little naive, I think. Probably the best way to approach this thing is going to be with something that computers don't possess, an intelligence that computers don't possess, and that is an emotional intelligence. And it seems like a lot of these scientists don't possess emotional intelligence. At some point, you have to trust your own gut instinct. Does this thing present a danger? Is this uncertainty that I feel just because I don't understand it? Or is it because at some innate level, this thing is a threat to me? We have to see the difference between the lights in the sky and the mutilated cattle that are left on the ground. We have to start to categorize. Maybe some are good, maybe some are bad, maybe they're all bad. We don't know yet. But these things, in my opinion, are so complicated and so beyond the pale that in order to get the first grasp of what they are, we're not going to be able to use math and science. We're not going to be able to appeal to authorities. The first step is to use our emotional intelligence to look at what's out there. It's up to us to look into the sky and decide for ourselves. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over now.